Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. everyone welcome to another episode of the words of heart podcast i am your host Dion sanchez and joining me today in this episode is susan scolan i may have mispronounced your last name you did really well that was good awesome um thank you for joining me today susan um for those of you who aren't aware this is the second time me and susan have connected i've had the privilege of being a guest on her podcast a couple months ago so it's coming full circle full circle her being on mine yeah awesome well it's great to be here with you Diane. it's um yeah it's an honor and i'm really excited for our conversation today Awesome. So Susan, um, let's get into this awesome conversation. If you could tell my audience a bit about yourself um, to kick things off, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So I am a mum and a wife and uh, living in Australia and I'm a health and life coach and I work with women to find the fun in health and life beyond postnatal depression. So I had a journey with postnatal depression um, which was undiagnosed and I chose not to get medication for it, but it was really, it was really about my awakening. And interestingly, you know, my son is named Teddy and we, we named him Teddy after Theodore Roosevelt, who has the quote, you know, the, or the speech, the man in the arena. And it's the, you know, it's all about the man that's down in the arena doing all the work. Um, It's not the people sitting on the sideline that can take the glory. It's the man that's doing that and so it was almost like my push into the arena to get going and get working on my life. Um, Prior to that I was contracting and working permanently um, in different roles within the government, within federal government here in Australia and they were great roles and 
I had great opportunities in there, but it just didn't light me up. So it was almost like Teddy came along to say, let's shake things up. Everything's going to be different now. <laughs> so that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing in the world. So um, you mentioned um, postnatal, um, was it postnatal depression? Is that specifically what you just said? Um, do you mind elaborating a bit on what that um, means pertaining to you? Because I know you changed the name of your podcast recently from Holistic Health to, I want to say something in line with um, what you just described. So if you could um, explain the bridge between that particular change and what postnatal is, that would be great. Yeah. I know there's many different forms of depression, obviously, but I don't think I've ever heard of postnatal um, before. Yeah, so postnatal depression is, I think, it's not an American term, you use postpartum. So it's after you have your baby that you end up in a state of depression where for me, depression was, well, depression, postpartum depression is linked to a lack of, or a loss of identity. And so I just didn't want to get out of bed. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to curl up in a little corner and, and disappear effectively and what happened for me was a series of events that sort of led to me kind of figuring out that I really was in that hole um, and I call it a hole like a big black dark hole that I just I my the inner critic that I had in my head was so loud um, and I really was really struggling to move forward and so Teddy was born in the November of 2013 um, we had had, he was IVF, so we had gone through three rounds of IVF to successfully have him, which is amazing. The pregnancy was pretty straightforward. There were some challenges in that space with a little bit of bleeding um, and cramping. I always remember the cramping in my feet was like, oh my gosh, it's horrendous. But then I had to have a cesarean because he was, um, because I had placenta previa. So I had a low-lying placenta, which means he couldn't pass through the birth canal properly or safely, and he would be at risk of death and I would be at risk of bleeding out as well. So it made sense to have a cesarean. Um, and so I went through that process. That was fine. Um, and look, a cesarean isn't... Um, is, well, it is a major operation, so it's not a small thing. And I remember when I got up to go to the bathroom, I think sort of later that day, and I just felt like an 80-year-old woman, like bent over, couldn't stand up straight. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect this kind of pain and this kind of um, morphing within my body that I would have to really heal from this. Anyway, um, Teddy, was, Teddy was perfect and he's beautiful but he was an hour on, hour off. So in terms of feeding for an hour and sleeping for an hour. And that was my 24 by seven, generally speaking. Um, and now for somebody who loves sleep, like 10 hours, my husband will say 10 hours and Suze is human, uh, eight hours and she's surviving. But when we're hour on, hour off, and I'm very driven as well. So you put that into the mix of everything. It was always going, there was always going to be challenges. Um, and by the Christmas, so he was born in the November, by the Christmas, we were, we moved to bottle feeding, like supplementing with bottle feeding, um, because he just wasn't getting enough and nobody could actually help us. Um, we had gone to different specialists and things like that. And nobody had kind of, they just sort of kept, said, keep going. And I'm like, but I'm falling over here. Um, and then what happened is that the the nurses, um, we could go to a nursing service here in Australia, 
and they had suggested me to um uh what do you call it um Oh, I can't remember the term now. So, yeah, oh, pumping. So breast pump. So when he wasn't feeding that, I would sit and breast pump so that I'd get the milk out and then have a break and somebody else could feed him effectively. And the first time I did that, I ended up with mastitis. So a mastitis, generally speaking, is a blockage of the milk ducts and it is a really painful, big lump that comes up on your breast. It becomes red and inflamed and Generally, it's a bug that happens on the outside of your skin um, going in. It's from that. And then you need antibiotics to heal that. So this happened over the Christmas break. I'd never seen mastitis before. I didn't know what it was. Um, and so I was like, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, I ended up going and seeing a doctor that wasn't my normal doctor. Um, he was really great and just gave me antibiotics and said, if it continues, go and see your normal GP. So I went to see my normal doctor because it had continued and it had gotten bigger. And she had sent me for, she sent me for an ultrasound to excise the milk that was growing in my breast because I was, it was like getting bigger. And so here I am lying on his table, Teddy's in his in the pram or whatever he was in. Um, and, you know, my boobs are out because he's going to take milk out of my breast. And he said, you're killing your baby. Um, and I was just like, hang on a minute. <laughs> And I hadn't found my voice at this stage. I'm topless on his table, waiting for him to stick a needle in me. And he's sort of saying this sort of stuff. And I was, and to be honest, like I said to you, I just hadn't found my voice. I was just like, what? Like, and I understood that he was saying it from a, like, because I was taking antibiotics, therefore he had the perception that I was doing something to harm my baby. Anyway, um, I went back to my, my doctor and she said, no, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And I never went back to that guy again. They took out about 50 mil that day from a milk out of my breast, which was an interesting marker because then three months down the track, or sorry, by the March, so that's in the January, by the March, I ended up having to go back. Um, and at that point, not to him, to somebody else, but they took out 160 mils. So this enough fluid that sits in a small Coke bottle, if you have that as a visual, and that's how much was in my you know, my breast that was just not coming out. And I was just wasn't able to breastfeed. Um, anyway, I ended up then being referred to a surgeon. Um, and so I had to stop breastfeeding. Not a bad thing, but it was actually quite a sad moment to have those decisions taken away from you and not be able to make them yourself. And it was a nurturing time with Teddy at that point. Um, and I went and saw that surgeon and I said to him, the problem is on the inside, not on the outside. So as I said before, often with mastitis, the, the issue is a bug on the skin on the outside. And he said to me, you don't know what you're talking about. Now, I fast forward a month, I go for surgery. And after the surgery, he comes out and he says, you were right. Now, we never apologised. But then I had to go through six weeks of having my breast packed. So the wound was left open. And so my husband had to pack the wound. So putting um, like a bandage effectively, a small bandage inside it at each day and then cleaning it out each day. And slowly over time, the wound gets smaller. And it's actually really good from a scarring perspective because I have minimal scar there. Um, so it was just all of these sorts of events that were happening. One, you know, here I have a doctor telling me that I'm killing my baby. I actually had someone really close to me come into my house and say exactly the same thing to me um, on three separate occasions. Yeah. And I said to, on the third time, I just said, that's enough. And I had to explain to them why I was doing what I was doing. And what that person was seeing was 
they would turn up at my house unannounced. I was on the couch breastfeeding or generally breastfeeding Teddy. I would have to get up off the couch, go around to the door, open the door for them. And I'm not a person that puts my boobs out on display. So I would put a cloth over the top of Teddy and I. Now it was an open weave cloth. It was cotton. It was all the things, but I had this person sort of saying this to me. And so I had to explain why I was doing what I was doing. And they never, they never mentioned it again. Um, I don't know if they mentioned it to anybody else. I don't care if they just never mentioned it to me. Um, and so I had all of these little events happening. Um, one where I, you know, didn't have my own internal voice or I had lots of internal voice, sorry. I didn't have an external voice that I wasn't saying, this is what I need. Um, and I would always turn to other people for advice. This was an interesting one. So um, my husband had three boys and my mum had had five children. So I was like, well, they know what to do. I can just follow their advice. But the reality is, you know, they weren't me. Regardless of time, they weren't me. So none of that advice ever worked for me. And so then I had to find my own voice. And it came to the May when I just, I'd had enough. I went down to my brother's, I went to the shops to buy some milk, popped into my brother's place just for five minutes to drop something off, ended up being with him for two hours because I just lost it. And he was great. Like I, you know, can't tell you enough how amazing he was on that day. But he just said, to, one of the things he said to me was, this is just a point in time. And that really resonated with me. And that day I went home um, thinking that I was going to get in trouble for my husband because I didn't bring the milk home. He was amazing. And then I just sort of said, I just need some space. So I went outside, um, got into our spa and just stood there and just went, what am I going to do? Like, what do I want to do? And, you know, I went through all the options. Do I leave him? Do I leave him and Teddy? Do I leave the world kind of thing? What are all the options that I kind of want to play out? And I ended up staying, obviously. Um, I ended up just saying to my husband, I love you, but it's time to listen to me now. Um, I started to work on that inner critic. I started to do lots of personal development. I just started to eat better. I started to exercise. I started to be kind to myself and started to go, what do I want to create? And I really rebuilt my life at that point. Um, and I think a really nice memory for me now or a moment for me is last year, we ended up selling the house that we were in. So if you think back to that time, I didn't want any of my life. I absolutely hated my life. Um, but here I was six or seven years later. I loved my life. I loved my husband. I loved my child, Teddy. Um, and I was just like, wow, that's, you know, that's a huge transformation. And I was really proud of myself. Oh, oh Susan, I like... And the thing is, this is our second time connecting and I'm like getting so emotional hearing your story because like the amount, like your, what your body went through, yeah. I mean, yeah. it led to the birth of your son and the birth and miracles are absolutely incredible as a parent, but, um, and normally it, it there's some emotional residue and after a birth obviously because you're pushing a human out of your body but you had to deal with a whole lot more physically and mentally and oh, I commend you <laughs> for your strength and still being here because that can be really traumatic having to go through that 
Yeah, some people don't survive that. Like they just can't see a path forward. Somewhere within me, I knew that things could be different. Um, I guess I looked outside myself for some of that evidence as well around people who were doing things differently. Um, and so I was open to that. Now, that was just in my immediate world. And there was lots of evolutions that came on from that, um, you know, uh, my relationship with my husband had always been great, but it was just in the toilet. Like I blamed him for everything. <laughs> yeah, I had been the one that made the decision to have a child because uh, he already had three. He had had a non-reversible vasectomy. So having a child, we had to go through IVF. So, and he said to me, I'm happy. Like I'll happily have a child with you. That's not a problem, but I'm happy. And so I actually had to make all those decisions. Yet here I was on the other side going, it's because of you that I'm like this. And it had nothing to do like with him. Um, so I had to work through all of those stories. But yeah, some mums just don't survive. Or if they're physically here, they're not emotionally and spiritually here, mentally here. Like they're really still struggling. And there's so many women that are still on antidepressants or um, any sort of drugs to support them that... They just don't know how to function um, anymore without that. And to me, that's really that's sad. Like I believe I didn't take drugs myself, um, but they serve a purpose totally. But when you are so disempowered to then be able to go, maybe I can do this differently. That's where I think there's a rub um, and there's things that we can do better in that space. Absolutely. So um, considering what you just shared with me and how, um, you have a podcast, which is absolutely awesome. And I'm glad I had a chance to be a part of it before you changed the name. <laughs> um, can you explain, um, obviously, I'm, I assume that your story sort of played a role in starting your podcast. Um, could you share with my audience what your podcast is about and how you help fellow people going through the exact same experience as you did? Yeah, sure. Sorry, I didn't answer that before. So <laughs> part of my journey was, um, so in 2017, I went to Tony Robbins Date with Destiny. And it was effectively what I called my year of yes. Um, Shonda Rhimes wrote an amazing book around that. And I was just like, oh, I did it probably around the same time that she was doing it. But it was just starting to say yes. And I was, I had learning, I was learning to follow my intuition through all of that. And I went to Tony Robbins um, and that was a massive investment for us. But as Chris says, you know, I flew, literally flew after that. Like everything just sort of shifted and changed for me. And I just, I walked into that six day because it was State with Destiny. So it's six days. And I went, I'm just going to put everything out here. I'm just going to stay open to anything that comes through the door. And I did. Um, and so what that then led me to doing was to say yes to a couple of businesses. Both were network marketing. I had no idea what network marketing was. I don't particularly do anything in that space now. But one of those businesses, um, there are a number of people who had gone through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach. And so to me, that was kind of like the path. I needed to say yes to this piece to be able to then see that IIN was an option for me and so maybe something that I'd want to, want to study. 
And so I had always been into health and fitness. Um, I played netball at a very high level. So here in Australia, which is a sport, and you can go on to Google and, or YouTube and watch an Australia versus New Zealand netball game. Um, but just going on, like, so it, I had been in this yo-yo in terms of health and wellness, working hard pre-season, working hard through the season and eating pretty well and then falling off during the summertime and just coming back. But I wanted to create some consistency in it. Yeah, IIN presented an opportunity for me to grow and to change. And part of the studies that we do is we do initial health consultations with other students. And what was blown, what always blew me away was how unique everybody's story was. So there were so many amazing people just living life and they had transformed their own lives and they were everyday people doing these sorts of things to then go, I can live differently. And I think... I had had the story perhaps and others had had the story is that it wasn't possible. Like you had to have money to be able to make these changes. You have to have time. If she works, you know, that kind of job, you know, perhaps a movie star, for example, she's not working all the time. So therefore she can do one movie a year and then go and look after her health and wellness, you know, those kinds of stories that sort of pop up. And so I was just blown away by these people doing what they were doing. And um, that led me to starting the podcast. So I had a Facebook group called Holistic Health um, and I wanted to do an overall view of health within that group um, and that then transferred over to doing the podcast. So Holistic Health with Susan Scollin, which is what it was originally called. And so I was interviewing everyday people like yourself who had transformed through health and wellness journeys and um, other professionals as well who were supporting them on their journey. So people who, um, you know, human design specialists, I've got Ayurveda specialists, um, just lots of different people, spiritual guides and that sort of stuff, acoustic record readers, all of those sorts of people that I had the privilege of interviewing through about the first 70 odd episodes, <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, and so that was really magical. And the purpose of that was to inspire people to go on their own journey to go these people have done it and they're not unicorns and they're not special they're just everyday people who are doing these things and here's some of the tools that you can use as well um, so go on your journey whatever that looks like and believe that it's possible to make those changes because you can make them um, and so then coming into this year, I had all these grand plans for this year. I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, da, 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 da. And then everything sort of stopped. And I went, not literally, but everything really slowed down. And my intuition was just telling me to slow down. And so part of that slowdown process, which has been going on for about three months now, is that whole, who am I here to serve? And so that then led to, well, what is the podcast about? And what is the podcast going to be called going forward? And eventually I got to the name, My My Life Beyond Postnatal Depression. And it's not about, it's not about postnatal depression per se, although we talk about it. It's about the whole parenting, non-parenting journey and those decisions that we make um, and how that then impacts our life. Over time, I want to talk to about, I want to talk to dads because I reckon they have postnatal depression too. I don't think it's just a female or feminine kind of issue. Um, I want to talk to grandparents about how they parented and how parenting was back then for them so that we can see the difference and probably be a little bit more grateful for the opportunities that we have now. I want to talk to doulas and midwives and I want to talk to spiritual healers in that sort of space. 
Um, and, you know, I actually call it my playground. So anybody else that lights me up, I just want to start chatting to them as well. <laughs> because I figure if they're lighting me up, they're going to light other people up as well. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm so glad we're talking again. Because, uh, I love this conversation so much. So I do have an icebreaker question in the icebreaker game, but so, but since um, my icebreaker game throws people off a bit, <laughs> I'm going to start with an icebreaker question. Um, oh. If you had to come up with, I guess, a title or a chapter, um, some people are going with a chapter or a title, um, for where your life is at right now, what would it be? Oh, what would it be? <laughs> so many things are coming to mind. Um, right, right now, I do, um, right now what I'm working, <laughs> you can see my brain. Right now what I'm personally working on is building in micro habits. So slowing right down, building in those micro habits and loving more deeply what my life is right now. So potentially the chapter or the book would be called How to Love Your Life More Than You Ever Have Before. Oh, that's an awesome <laughs> title. Well, uh, my title, you're not really a stranger to it because I've already shared it with you. Um, it hasn't really changed. Um, it's been my whole mantra for this season. Um, which is basically my title would be a warrior for change. Um, I've shared this with you. I've shared this on my podcast numerous times. I've gone through a lot of experiences in my life. Not all good. If I have to be honest, nothing in my life has come easy <laughs> to me. Um, and it's just shaped me into the person I am right now. So I think a warrior for change really represents the phase of my life that I am at right now so mm, that's awesome and I think that's what we called your podcast I called your podcast episode with me so <laughs> yes it was called a warrior for change or something along the words warrior yeah yeah or change warrior not sure I don't have to have a look at it but yes <laughs> so I think that's very fitting for you I think that's a really you know like you're another advocate and you're another example of what's possible. You're another inspiration around you can create the life that you want. You just got to go out and do it and you got to believe that it's possible and just take those steps. Like I remember talking to you in the podcast interview around some of the, th the decisions that you made and went, well, why can't I do that? And then you went and created it, you know, so just being able to say, hey, I can put my hand up too. I'm equally as valid and equally as allowed. Let's go and create those changes and doing them earlier than you were supposed to, you know, in inverted commas, you know, or air quotes, supposed <laughs> to do it. Yes. Um, me using my voice definitely started since I was born, even though <laughs> I didn't have a voice to use quite yet because I couldn't hear her talk for the first two years of my life. <laughs> But that just makes it all the more symbiotic and shows the depths of my character and how far I've come. So 100%. Yeah, totally. So on to the icebreaker game. I feel like you're going to love it. Um, it might stump you a bit. So my icebreaker game is called Song Association. Um, 
basically I would give you a word and you could either sing it or rap it or just say it because we're not known for singing capabilities not everybody we're not Beyonce so you don't have to like sing it or rap it you can just say it if it comes to you um I give you the word and then you say it either it's in the song title or in the actual lyrics okay but there's a catch <laughs> there's a catch you only have 15 seconds to say it <laughs> that's the thing there's a million songs in the universe all pertaining amazing words which is the perfect game for my podcast <laughs> but when you have 15 seconds your mind goes blank so <laughs> yes. we shall see how you do um <laughs> i did my friends it's all good <laughs> i did change the last word because people were having trouble with it but not mm -hmm. even the person that i gave this word to in the last episode can do this so hopefully you have better luck i guess but the, it's all in fun so Okie dokie. So the first word is heart. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I am so hopeless at this. Um, and the 15 seconds is already gone. But <laughs> the only thing that's coming to mind is heart, worry, heart warrior. Oh, probably because that's my <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite, like one of my favorite singers is Taylor Swift. And I'm going, she talks about love all the time. I'm like, where does heart come in? <laughs> and there was a band back in the 80s called Heart. Yeah, that's about as good as I've got for you. It's all good. Um, you could have done that infamous um Titanic song <laughs> with Celine Dion, but that's just one idea. Um, yeah. will go on or whatever. Oh, yes. And I love Titanic as well. <laughs> All mm -hmm. right. You've done this before, right? Yeah. Well, this is the first time I've started introducing this game into the podcast for the new season. So, um, <laughs> but um, people, it's it's a time thing. It, trick, it tricks your mind a bit. So, um, but yes. So the next one, um, <laughs> I almost feel a little bad because I it's it's really my guest participating. It's not me participating in this game. I mean, I guess I could, but um, it's just more fun. <laughs> so the next word is words. More than words. It's all you have to do to make it real. That's about it. Awesome. <laughs> You're like the first person to actually come up with the song for that word. It has words. And that's exactly the song I was thinking of when I came up with this game. Okay. Awesome. I haven't heard that one for years. It's a great song. And clearly much better. They sing it much better than me, but it's okay. Well, I think many people have covered the song, but I know see, this is a fun game. <laughs> it's a fun game. So the last one, um 
I don't. The thing is, maybe I need to do my homework because I. I'm sure there's a song pertaining to this word, but it's lost on me. What would be? Maybe I can come up with something. See what I can find. So the last word is hope. Bob Hope isn't the answer. No, I got nothing. I got no hope. Maybe that's the thing I should be doing is no hope. I make up my own rules around no hope. Okay, with no hope. You got that. But I don't think that's the intention. We want to create some hope. There is hope. Yes. Um, thank you for partaking in this fun little song association game i'm sure you're gonna google search the word I am. <laughs> yes <laughs> and i'm i'm proud of myself i got one out of three so that's pretty good and i should yeah interesting yeah. no no need to beat up on myself about not getting titanic but it's been a long time since i've heard that one <laughs> no worries uh we can keep singing songs and chuckling all night long but we're at the end of this awesome conversation, unfortunately. Um, Susan, before we wrap up, can you share any social links to my audience for those who may want to contact you or share their story on your podcast? Give us the inside scoop. Oh, absolutely. So you can head over to Susan Scollin, S-C-O-L-L-E-N.com, which is my website, or you can come and find me on socials, which generally... I'm on Instagram and Facebook, um, personal and business page. And I am in LinkedIn. I don't do a lot over there. But yeah, Instagram is probably the place to find me at the moment. So Susan Scollin. And uh, yeah, come and listen to my podcast, My Life Beyond Postnatal Depression. It's going through an evolution at the moment. As I said, it's a playground. So it's really good fun. Um, but there's some really inspiring stories over there too. So yeah, have a listen. Share with me what, what resonates with you. If you believe that, you know, you have an incredible story that you'd like to share and you, that you're ready to share out in the world, I'd love to hear from you as well. Awesome. Thank you again for joining me, Susan. This was an awesome conversation and it was a real honor having the chance to reconnect with you. Yeah, thanks, Dion. It's awesome to spend this time with you. And now I'm going to go and put on that song. <laughs> More than words. Yeah. That's what we're going to listen to today. I'll probably play it later too. <laughs> uh, well, before I get off of to song mode, um, thank you everyone for listening to this latest episode of the Words of Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to share your thoughts or feedback or how this particular episode has resonated with you, feel free to follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called the Words of Heart Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube under the same name. I am also on social media. <laughs> on Instagram, I am HeartWarrior25. And on Twitter, I am HeartWarrior24. However you choose to share this, please like, subscribe, and just send it out into the universe to anyone you feel will need to listen to this particular episode. Anyhow, um, on to listening to some music. Um, again, I am your host, Dion Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in. Stay healthy, stay safe, share your story, speak your heart, know that you never have to go through anything alone. And until next time, bye.
Bye.